Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this is episode 8 all about Atomic Habits by James Clear. Keep listening to find out the cue, craving, response and reward cycle, about systems and what you should focus on and about how to create the environment for success. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing the lessons I learned from one of my favourite books from 2018, which is Atomic Habits by James Clear. I've been following James for a while and was really excited that he was bringing this book out because I've really loved his work, particularly around the 1% rule. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And don't forget in the show notes, if you do want to buy the book, to make it easier for you, I've dropped an Amazon affiliate link into the show notes which you can click on to buy the book in hard copy or for your kindle as usual a little bit about the author james clear is an american author entrepreneur and photographer he writes about habits and human potential whilst trying to answer the central question of how can we live better in order to answer that question he uncovers the latest scientific research and explains it in a way that is easy but to understand and actually used He shares these science-based ideas for living a better life. He showcases the habits and rituals of athletes, artists and entrepreneurs to tease out the common characteristics that make these people the best at what they do. James believes the best way to change the world is in concentric circles. Start with yourself and work your way out from there. If you get yourself sorted out, then there's one less person in the world for you to worry about. You'll then be in a position to contribute rather than consume and you'll add order rather than disorder. I particularly love that last paragraph because so many people I work with, both in teams or in organizations, are so worried about the magnitude and overwhelmed by the the vast number of things that need to change. They kind of forget about themselves and what they can change in their immediate existence, whether that's them or just one or two people around them. So focusing there first, I think is incredibly powerful. All of that information came from James's website. A little bit about the book before we dive into the three big ideas. This book is the cornerstone for habit building. It contains the best practices for solid, sustainable habit creation. Using the cue, craving, response and reward model, James explores the internal mindset and identity and the external environment and other people, success or failure factors of habit formation. With examples throughout the book from business, career, health, fitness and relationships, you can easily relate the lessons to the lifestyle changes you want to create. I've shared a few of my favourite quotes in the show notes and they're on the website, but one of the ones that really stuck with me I'll share here is around every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. And every time I'm reaching for that bar of delicious chocolate, I do reflect on that moment. Now, <laughs> how many times that works or not, we'll, well, I don't, that's probably not worth counting, but I just love the power of that statement. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. On to the three big ideas. Number one is cue, craving, response and reward. This is really around the internal and external stimuli and emotions. We've all experienced when we're trying to change a habit and first of all it all comes down to awareness we need to know what those cues are what it means we crave what our responses and what the reward and whether that's feeling or emotion that 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 stimulates the way that james uses this is firstly like i said around awareness 
but also around then you know what to edit because it helps you understand what do I normally do? What's the normal chain of events? And which bits need to change to change the habits I desire? The idea is then to make it obvious, attractive, easy and satisfying when it comes to reversing that for an unhealthy habit that we're trying to change into a healthier habit. The example that jumped out to me when I read this around cue, craving, response and reward was sometimes, for some reason, when I go to airports, which I regularly do, I have this real urge or craving for crisps. I don't know why, or potato chips, sorry, for my American friends. I don't know why, I don't eat a lot of potato chips or crisps, but when I go to an airport, that queue creates, for some reason, a real craving for crisps. Now, if anyone travels with me, please don't now bring crisps with me to the airport. I will not want to be friends with you anymore. So when I was reading the book, it made me think about what is it about airports that makes me want to eat crisps? And what do I need to then do about that? In this part of the book, the cue, craving, response and reward parts of the book, James talks about the concept of editing your beliefs and upgrading and expanding your identity. And I thought that was a phenomenal way of phrasing and putting the required mindset around habit change and habit formation. You need to upgrade and expand your identity till you become or you are thinking about becoming the person who does or doesn't do these particular things. Personally, that is something I've used when I've been trying to change certain habits, particularly around health and fitness, to think about, well, I am the kind of person who works out every day or does this particular type of exercise or avoids these kind of particular things. That was big idea number one, cue, craving, response and reward. Big idea number two is to focus on the system, not the goal. One of the ways he brings this to life in the book is with the quote, you should be far more concerned with your current trajectory than with your current results. This comes down to the idea that habits are the entry point, not the end point. The goal is not the habit. The goal is just the starting point of that. He also uses the practical technique of temptation bundling, pairing a want with a need. For example, if you want to floss and you need to clean your teeth, you combine those two. You probably already have a pretty well-established habit of cleaning your teeth in the evening. And if you want to add flossing into your daily habit, well, you combine the two. So you combine your want for flossing with your need to clean your teeth. In terms of the system, one of the ideas that James shares around this is about reps, not time. So the concept of, well, how long does it take to change a habit? It comes down to the frequency. Because if you're only doing something maybe once a week or once a month, then you won't build that habit very quickly. Whereas if you're practicing that every day, such as flossing, for example, you'll probably build that habit in quite a short period of time. So it's about the reps, the repetitions, not the amount of time spent doing the habit. In my own experience, I've definitely found that to be true. And I personally find it much easier to do something every day than it is to do it a couple of times a week because it embeds it that much quicker. That was idea number two, focus on the system, not the goal. Idea number three is to create your environment to succeed. I really love the language that James uses around being the architect of your environment. Thinking about what, when, how, and who. There's a quote in the book around being influenced by the close, the many, and the powerful. And we imitate the early habits that we see. This is why you often see people 
in similar friendship groups or family groups with similar habits around lifestyle, around health, around exercise, around food, because you're often influenced by the close and the many. Equally, who you follow on social media, who you watch, what kind of books you're reading, which is the really the influence of the powerful, will again influence your habit formation because those are the people you aspire to be or aspire to look like or aspire to have the business success of. So therefore, if you're being influenced by them, you'll be looking at their habits and this is where you will then pick up your habits from. I brought this to life myself by thinking about the best environment for me to work in. When I moved house last year, there was an option for one of the rooms being an office and one of the rooms being a bedroom. One of the rooms was much darker than the other. The other room had good natural light and was, was a bit bigger and more open. Now, it would be quite natural for some to have the nice big open light room as the bedroom. But for me, I knew that to get my best work done, I really had to have that natural light. So I you know, sacrificed the smaller, darker room for sleeping, essentially, to then focus on having the best environment for my work. Equally, when I do different types of work, I will think quite carefully about where I will do that work. So for example, not working in the bedroom because it disrupts my sleep later in the day, it's not the best environment, it's not very comfortable. And also investing in things like a stand-up desk, which again, help me be more productive. This also might involve thinking about who you spend time with. Coming back to the idea, the Jim Rohn quote of, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. What kind of habits do those people have? Who can you add or maybe even subtract from your close environment from a people perspective? Think about who influences your habits and decisions. That was big idea number three, which is around creating your environment to succeed. Stuff I really liked about the book that it is hugely practical and there are examples from across the spectrum of habits, from sports performance to music, to health, to business, to learning. I also really like that there are different levels of change. So thinking about the outcome, the process, the identity, that idea of each action is the vote for the person you want to become. And the fact that he talks from a sort of science perspective, but also a really practical perspective and thinking about how all of this can be put into life in a kind of normal environment. Some of the things I find with books similar to this is you read it and you just think, in today's way we work in society, rightly or wrongly, this would be very hard to implement and would require such drastic social changes that it's, it's just off-putting. This book is not like that. These are things that you could easily put into place and will make you rethink what you're already doing, but again, in a way that is attainable. James did an interview with Jordan Harbinger on the Jordan Harbinger Show podcast at the back end of last year, which I thought was incredibly useful and a really great supplement to the book. I'll share a link to that interview in the show notes and it's definitely well worth a listen. Quick recap, the three big ideas from Atomic Habits by James Clear. Number one, cue, craving, response and reward. Big idea number two, focus on the system, not the goal. And big idea number three, create your environment to succeed. Be an architect. So those were the three big ideas I took from the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. I know a few of you listening have already read this book. I'd love to hear what you think, if this is something that you have listened and what you have implemented. 
You can catch me on Instagram, which is Steph underscore Clark underscore underscore. Drop me a comment. Let me know if you've read the book and what you enjoyed the most. Until next time, happy reading.